Guys, welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. This is going to be a fun episode with my friend Brendan Burns of Bozeman, Montana. According to the Kuyu founder, Jason Harrison, Brendan was employee number one at Kuyu, and I heard Jason often refer to Brendan as his right-hand man at Kuyu. I have hunted alongside both Jason and Brendan on multiple occasions and got to see the tight bond that the two had. As co-CEO of Kuyu, Brendan and the incredible team that Jason built at Kuyu are fully focused on the mission to carry out Jason's legacy of relentless innovation. Their focus has always been to build the best ultralight hunting gear on the market today, following the motto that innovation never rests. Aside from being Kuyu's co-CEO, Brendan is widely respected as one of the leading authorities on sheep hunting in North America. He has personally taken nine North American rams, including his Grand Slam, and is halfway to his second with a bow. Brendan is also one of the most successful archery elk hunters in the West. His top 12 self-guided archery bulls officially average over 379 inches. The guy is flat out a killer. He is a wealth of knowledge on all subjects, mountain hunting, and I'm happy to have him on the podcast to do a question and answer session. We plan on doing several of these over the next couple of months. With that, I'd like to welcome Brendan to the show and dive into the questions from loyal Kuyu customers. I got Brendan Burns, the co-CEO of Kuyu.com on the line. Brendan, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Jay. How are you doing? I'm doing great. You know, Brendan, we've received a lot of questions from the Kuyu customers, and today we're going to sit here and try and go through a bunch of these questions and try and get them answered. We're also going to be consistently doing these Kuyu uh, Q&A sessions over the coming months, so let's dive into some of these questions. Yeah, that's great. I'm, I'm looking forward to it, so yeah, hit me. Uh, first question, kids' pants in solid colors. Um, we don't have kids' pants in solid colors in the works right now, but, you know, again, when it comes to colors and solids and stuff, that stuff's always changing, um, so not, not right now, but uh, you never say never. Yeah, and I did notice, Brendan, I just got a thing uh, in the last day or two uh, with the the new kids line. It looks like a, a Rubicon uh, hooded jacket, a Sierra pant, a youth enduro long sleeve shirt, a youth uh, Peloton 240 beanie. Um, so definitely a, a nice addition there to see Kuyu coming out with some youth youth stuff. Yeah, it's been really good, and, and we just wanted to put together. Uh, it's obviously just the start of a of a, of a, of a system for them, and uh, yeah, my my son has used it a lot. It's uh, it's pretty it's pretty darn good, so we're we're real happy to introduce that. Awesome. Uh, okay, anything brewing for the 2019 season? Uh, yeah, that's kind of a loaded question. <laughs> we got we got a lot. We got a lot from the product standpoint. We got a lot from uh, I got a lot from hunting standpoint. I got. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess more specific would be would be a little. Uh, we got a lot going on this year for sure. Yeah, um, specifically with hunts that you have coming up. Um, you know, what hunts do you personally have coming up that you're looking forward to? I have a pretty busy summer coming up. I'm uh, I'm grizzly hunting with Lance this spring up in uh, up in Alaska. That's an archery grizzly hunt, and then <clears throat> I'll be hunting doll sheep with my bow. At Canole, which is in the NWT, um, with Glenda Groat, and then uh, really looking forward to trip. Uh, um, it's been booked for a long time. Uh, hunting doll sheep at Ultimate Thule on the ice on the uh, on the Bernard Glacier this summer. So that one I've been 
been thinking about that one for a long time and really looking forward to, to getting back on the ice. Um, yeah, so it's a big, big summer plan, and then obviously uh, elk here in Montana and um, anything else I could fit in. Is elk pretty much just a staple, you know, for you? Um, as much as you love elk, do you try and hunt elk in your home state every single year? Yeah, I, I don't plan anything in September in Montana. I, that's just, that's always been my thing. I, I just, I love hunting elk in Montana. I love, you know, finding a great big bull and, and, and see if I can get him killed. I, uh, it's the one month I don't, I don't have anything else. Um, I kind of swing for the fence everywhere else. You know, Montana's so good right now um, that I have a hard time going anywhere else unless it's a really premium tag, which I have not had a ton of success drawing. I think I've got pretty much 15 points everywhere, and so, uh, yeah, I just kind of leave September blank. Um, and some some years it happens early, some years it happens late. But I, I give myself the full the full month of September and, and even into October if I need it. Okay, here's another question. Uh, I need a truly waterproof glove. Is Expedition Glove the way to go? Uh, we have three totally waterproof gloves that have OutDry or what is now called HDry. It's a, uh, the technology was uh, purchased and transferred over. But uh, the Yukon Pro, the Expedition, and the North Star are all 100% waterproof. That's what I'm getting when he's asking. And, uh, it really depends on the gauntlet that you like. The, the Yukon Pro is a little lighter. The, uh, the Expedition um, is has a has a cuff on it that you tuck in under your jacket. And then... Uh, the North Star has a gauntlet that goes over your jacket, so a lot of it depends on, on what your system you're running on the outside is, but all three of those would, would fall into truly waterproof. Brendan, you personally, um, are you more of a guy to have the glove on the inside of the jacket um, as a rule, or do you typically like having that cuff over the jacket? Just you know, Obviously, it probably changes with what you're doing, but like general rule of thumb, what's your preference? I generally run it over unless it's a thin glove and then it'd be under. But on the on the bigger gloves, I, I like a big gauntlet. Um, but I I don't hunt a lot. I guess kind of in the later season we need an insulated glove. I don't I don't use them a lot in the in the really pounding rain. And um, if you ask you know some of the guys at the office down there, they would they would probably say the office because the opposite because they're you know a lot of times they're in really cold duck hunting and they want to have that sealed tight around the uh, around the cuff at the wrist. With, with the rain gear over the top. Like most of the time I'm using it's it's colder weather later and snow and so it's not really running down. So that's why we offer both options. Okay, next question. Uh, boot breakdown, especially for stiffness, which boot for western mountain mountain hunting? I assume that's that's lower forty eight the way he's saying that, but uh, you know, you you can take it however you will. Yeah, I mean we, we have two basically what you'd call western mountain hunting boots i mean our 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 evolution is is really just kind of your all-around it's a it's a really nice synthetic all-around hiking boot uh fairly easy to break in i use it uh, quite a little bit not as much i i've found i i help i was really integral in designing of the rebel k so it fits me perfectly and i love a really stiff boot and i always tell guys i don't think you break you know, the people are always worried about breaking on a fairly stiff boot. I, f I find my feet don't get exhausted or don't get nearly as tired the stiffer the boot I'm wearing is. It takes a little while to get used to hiking in a, in a really stiff boot and especially to be quiet in a stiff boot. But I, I always look at it like you, you almost break your feet and your walking style into a stiff boot. But And when you need it, when you're really climbing or really descending, um, it's it's I find, I, I find it hard to go back to a softer boot like what I spent 
you know, 15 years wearing. I can I can barely wear those in the mountains. They just make my feet exhausted. Um, and one thing about both those boots is they have a the Scarpa sock fit. And if you haven't tried sock fit, whether it's our boot or just another Scarpa that you know has a different design that you like, whatever, um, it basically eliminates the tongue. And I, I literally could not go back to a boot with a tongue. So. You know, one of the things that I was so impressed with those boots uh, in the NWT was how quickly they dried. I mean, a lot of times, you know, the the boots from walking in wet grass and what have you, you know, you would you would reach a saturation point where, uh, you know, it, it's they should be wet and basically overnight, uh, you know, sitting outside the you know in the vestibule, uh, next morning they'd be dry. I think that's one thing. You know, I'm kind of branching off here, but a synthetic boot over like a full grain leather boot, you're going to dry much, much quicker. Yeah, the the dry time is incredible, and it just doesn't absorb water. The the other thing you'll notice on a synthetic boot like the Rebel K is that it doesn't change sizes. I mean, if you wear a traditional leather boot, once it becomes saturated, I mean, you always see your eyelets start getting to where you, they're basically touching. You know, and that's the stretch in the boot from leather. Now, leather has some. Some some places where it's it's superior to a synthetic, which I would call like in the desert, super cactusy, you know, type type environments where ah, there's there's a reason to have a leather boot. But in the mountains, for me anymore, a synthetic boot because it's quick drying and then uh, it just doesn't change shape. I find that my I slide into my boot, it fits my foot the same every time. So um, yeah, really really happy with that in the mountains. Brendan, one thing on those um, boots, uh, I have heard, and, and I had it happen with me, uh, and I'm curious your, your take on it. Uh, they, they run, in my opinion, like a half a size smaller. Have you had that same thing, or have you heard that, or was that just an isolated case with my boots? I found that the Rebel K, I think, runs, I, I run a half size larger. Maybe it's just because of the, you know, the way it's built. Um, I, I run a 44 Euro, which is a ten and a half, and normally I wear a ten. Now in our evolution, I'm I'm a straight size ten, so um, it's good to try them on. You know. Yeah. Uh, okay. Next question: Are the Montana Unlimited units, uh, sheep units, worth attempting? Well, if you're looking to talk yourself out of going sheep hunting, I'm probably the wrong guy to consult. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's definitely it's definitely worth doing. Um, it's not going to be easy. Um, it takes a plan. It takes some serious, some serious planning, some serious motivation, and um, it, it will not be easy. But um, you know, the unlimited area is one of those things where it's you know you have a sheep tag in your pocket. When you look at the point creep and you look at the odds that are on a tag, you know, like in Montana, even as a resident now, we're pushing one in the three hundred odds. If you're not going to get lucky, uh, yeah, it's a, you know, it might be one of the only ways if you if you put a game plan together and, and stick to it that you can you can harvest a, a Rocky Mountain bighorn in the West. I mean, they're these opportunities are getting fewer and further between, and 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 probably it doesn't look like it's going to get better. Um, so yeah, it's always it's always worth doing. It takes a real plan. I mean, you don't want to go in there unprepared, um, and yeah, set a goal to, to kill an old ram. And uh, yeah, they're in there. There's there there. If somebody gets people get them every year, and uh, it's a great hunt. It's a real feather in your cap if you get it done. I mean, that's that's a legit sheep hunt. You know, is that one of those things that, you know, the odds of success from the amount of people that buy tags and go, I mean, do they have a record of, you know, is that a 2 or 3%? Is it a 10%? Is it, you know, half a percent? What What's your thoughts on the percentage of success? 
I know the percentage of success based on the tags versus um, versus kills, but I don't think that really tells the story. I don't know what the true percentage of success. I mean, if you look at um, hunters that actually went in there, put a plan together, and hunted for a full ten days every year, or guys that that really stuck with it, I think you know the guys that go the hardest and and put the best plan together and stick to it and glass the hardest I tend to be the most successful. So I, I don't know that there's a stat on. There's a lot of people buy the tag, get into the country, take one look around, and go, man, this ain't for me. Um, yeah. But I think the guys that put a plan together and, and really get after it, uh, they, you know, like anything, they tend to be more successful. What Kuyu gear for the Northwest Territories late August rifle doll sheep hunt? I have a full gear list available, and uh, I guess Jay and I will figure out how to, where we can put that. It's going to be up on the site here pretty quick. We'll... Uh, We'll have a, uh, a gear list on, on Kuyu.com under one of our gear lists right now. There's the elk one. There's a couple other ones on there. And um, I could I could roll through it. Um, basically, how I break my gear list down, and, and I'm going to say it's, what was it, when was it, late August, you say? Late August, rifle, dog, hunt. Yeah, late August, NWT can run into a little more weather, so I would lean towards the warmer side of what you, I mean, you can get snow that time of year, and, I break it down to, you know, top, bottom, what I carry in my pack, optics, gear, and then, you know, personal stuff, and then weapon. And I have a full gear list built, but I can just, you want me to just run through it real quick, or? Yeah, why don't you run through it? Okay. So on top, uh, I'm going to make some assumptions that it's, you know, for example, it's a backpack hunt. Let's just call it that. So uh, if it's a backpack hunt, on, on top, I'm going to take a, a Chugach rain jacket. Later in the season, I generally probably would take a Kenai. Kenai hooded jacket, Kenai ultra hooded jacket, uh, 240 Peloton hoodie. I would take two Merino 125 uh, short sleeve shirts, maybe a short sleeve and a long sleeve, a uh, guide glove, a Peloton 200 glove, a Peloton 240 beanie, a, a cap, a neck gaiter, and then uh, on bottom I have two gets rain pants, uh, the attack pan or the pro pan uh, on a hunt like that, uh, 97 Peloton full zip long underwear, uh, Two pairs of thin socks, two pairs of merino liner socks, uh, gaiters, scarf or Rebel K uh, would be on, on the bottom end. <clears throat> and my pack, again, assuming that's a backpack hunt, I would uh, I'd have my, I'd take an Icon Pro 7200, let's just call it a 10-day hunt, um, depending on your weapon, your bow holder, rifle holder, glassing pad, uh, large pack cover. Uh, I'd probably take a zero-degree bag on that hunt in late August. Obviously, you could see, uh, you could see some snow. A Neoair sleeping pad, um, three liter water bladder, Havilon headlamp, long spoon for eating mountain house, one liter water bottle for scooping out of the uh, out of the creek. Um, I take seven roll top dry bags, two small, two medium, two large, and basically everything in my pack is in is in a dry bag. Um, really, my pack rain cover. If you get a lot of covers, really just for keep your pack dry outside the tent. I like to leave my pack outside the tent, not on top of me at, at night. Um, a small boned-out meat bag, uh, a medium boned-out meat bag, and, and um, trekking poles, and then, uh, you know, either Storm Star or Mountain Star tent. A lot of that would depend on, you know, watching the weather ahead of time. If you're expecting a lot of snow, I take a four-season like a, like a Storm Star. If, it's, if it looks like it's going to be pretty nice, and, and you, know, you take a three-season tent, but I always kind of make that call at the end. Um, you know, your your bino system, binos, rangefinder holder, um, on a, on like that, I'm, I'm running 10 by 42 binos, 
you know, a rangefinder depending on its archery or rifle. I always carry a 95 swirl scope. Um, I like to carry a big glass, tripod, you know, regular camera, um, foam scope, all that kind of stuff. And that, that pretty much rounds it out until you get to the, you know, personal stuff, which, you know, first aid kit, toothbrush, chapstick, vitamins, pain reliever, lighter, earplugs, cord. I usually take a pair of sunglasses. Um, and then on a hunt like that, I'm generally taking about 3,500 calories a day. Two pound, I give myself two pounds a day. 3,500 calories. So that's a that's a quick rundown of my late August gear list that I would that I would take on that hunt. Okay, uh, we've got a rundown on what uh, what I should bring on a September moose hunt. Temperatures range from 30 to 70. He doesn't say where the moose hunt is, uh, but uh, gives a temperature range of 30 to 70. Is that also a list that potentially would be on the kuyu.com? Yeah, website? I'll have a. That's that's very similar. It depends on what where he's talking moose on. Are you talking you know southern British Columbia or um, the Brooks Range in Alaska? That's that's. I'll make some assumptions there. And, and on that kind of a deal, you're obviously not going to be backpacking as far. If you, if you are, you're you're way tougher than I've killed six moose on my own up in Alaska. And if you're backpacking hunting for moose, you're uh, yeah you're 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 tougher than I. You're asking for it. Yeah. Absolutely, insanely huge. So. Um, I'm assuming you're going to be staying closer to like a main base camp. So then I, I tend towards the warmer, you know, that's similar to what the gear list we just went over. I tend towards uh, the warmer piece of that because you're going to be sitting around mostly when you're moose hunting. I mean, you're waiting for them to call and move. Um, it, it can be pretty boring. Um, and, and there's a limit to how far you can walk to kill a moose. Um, and I don't know if you're hunting out of a boat or what. I'd need, I'd need more, some more information. But I'd lean towards the, the, the colder temperature type range in, in all of our stuff. Okay. Uh, which pack do you recommend for elk hunting? Um, it depends on the type of hunt. Now, if it's a, it's, a, it's a full backpack hunt, and depending on number of days you go, like I've, I've used a 5200 quite a bit lately, I'm, especially if it's warmer weather and I don't have to carry as much stuff. Um, obviously, a lot of your pack size is going to depend on the food and then how far you are packing stuff out. Most of the elk that I hunt in Montana, I'm not very far. Like, I'll get a long ways and I'll get pretty dry because I'm, I'm, I'm pushing it, but it's pretty warm, and I generally am not camping out that often. I mean, a lot of the areas I'm hunting, you you know, it really just doesn't pay to be out there. And when I'll get to bedding areas, I pretty much back out and either go back to my truck or go hang out all day. So um, I run the 3200 or an 1800 um, most of the time. Uh, if I'm packing a spotty scope, like when I'm trying to find a bull, I generally take the 3200 Icon Pro. Um, I really like that pack. It's it's about as small as I can get everything down while um, while carrying a spotty scope tripod and having it pretty accessible. Um, so I can get video or photos of, of a bull if I'm looking for them. And then when I'm actually hunting elk, I mean, a lot of times I'll take an, an 1800 with no waist belt um, and as minimal as I can get or sometimes not even that. If I know I'm going to be into them, I, I, I'll take off with, with very little. So it really depends on the type of hunt. I mean, a full backpack hunt, you know, if you're going 10 days into the, you know, in the wilderness area, obviously you're going to run basically a similar system to sheep hunting all the way down to, you know, quick strike day hunts. I guess it just depends on what you're doing. That's one of the beauties yeah, I mean, of, our, of our pack system is the modularity. I mean, I, I take the exact same frame and I've got an 1800 on it and if I need it 
you know, it's already fitted to me and I put my 7200 on it or my 5200 on it or 32 or if I want to go minimalist or on one of the ultra bags, it just, that's, that's the beauty of the, our modular pack system. I mean, that's kind of why you and Jason design. I mean, that's what you, that's why you made it like that, correct? Yeah, yeah. You have one, I mean, no one needs one pack for a whole year. I mean, you're always, you know, that's why you're, you have excess pack and you're sucking it in tighter. But, but in reality, I mean, it's, you know, yeah, it's, it's, you need a lot of different packs for a lot of different situations. If you're, you know, the colder the weather, closer to town, um, to all the way to the big backpack trips that you're doing. So, yeah, that's the, the modularity is, is, is one of the big advantages to our pack system. Okay, uh, here's another one. What pants, jacket, and rain gear for late September mountain goat hunt in Chugach National Forest? Brennan, would you even wear um, pants, or would you go straight with the the, the uh, Yukon rain pants? I, I probably, it depends. I've, I've hunted the Chugach late September mountain goat, and that's, again, that's another tough guy. Um, yeah, it just depends on the amount of devil club. It depends on, like, if it's a full backpack on, you're carrying everything, I generally would wear uh, Chugach stuff, and, and yeah, I'd wear uh, our full zip long underwear and, and just wear my straight rain pants because you're, it, if it's not raining, the vegetation is raining, basically. Like, it's yeah. always wet. It never dries out. I mean, it'd, it'd be weird if it was dried out. So, or, or the Yukon pant, just straight Yukon pant with, with long, with our full zip long underwear underneath. Um, and again, if you're worried about durability, that's why we build the Yukon. It's just, a, just you know, for busting more brush. It's, it's twice, it's same. Same exact waterproof as the Chugach, only twice as heavy, uh, twice as durable. So it just it depends on the durability you're looking for. But I'd probably, it sounds like, I'd lean towards the Yukon. Another question. How long does Kuyu work on one piece of gear before releasing it to the public? As long as it takes. I mean, we have, we have products that, that come, you know, that come from ideas that come together right away, and sometimes it's just a change out of a fabric or a, a, a small fix, and sometimes it's full development from from concept. And, and I'm working on a couple things right now that we were fairly close a year ago, and we're still not to the point where it's ready to. There's just a little some fine tweaks. So the 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 short would be that we don't we don't put it out until it's ready. It doesn't. We're not really. That's one of the beauties of our business model is. We can release a product whenever we want. Um, we don't have to wait for selling season or oh, we got to have it done by this time or retail fulfillment or anything like that. We we build it, we'll design it, we'll work on it until it's until it's perfect. And when it's ready to go, we put it out. So I mean, the short of that answer is as long as we need to to make sure it's to make sure it's what we what we want it to be. Recommend uh, recommendations for Northwest Territories mid-August uh, layers tent bag, temperature, rain gear, patterns. I'm sorry, Brendan. Layers, tent, bag, temperatures, rain gear, patterns, et cetera. I think we kind of covered that on that one question uh, where you were talking about mid-August. Anything to add there? Yeah, I mean, one of the things, I always just watch the weather. You know, if it's been unseasonably warm and you look at the 12-day forecast and it looks like it's going to be a scorcher, then you can kind of make some adjustments. I never, I never bank on it being hot, but you can kind of lean toward, you know, you can kind of lean towards, you know, leaving a few things uh, out. And if it looks like it's going to pound rain for 10 days and you're not going to see the sky, um, then you want to, you know, pack accordingly. Maybe take an extra base layer or two to, to dry out um, or, you know, upgrade in your sleeping bag to, to zero degree. And a lot of it depends on how you run personally. Like some guys sleep super hot. I mean, I've had guys that they, they, 
think a 32 is way too hot for them. And I, I generally take a 15 everywhere because when I get cold, I stay cold. So I, t I try not to get cold. So I, I, you know, that's that's a place where I don't, you know, I'll, I'll pack a little bit extra just because, you know, the warmer I am, the better I sleep. Who are you hiring? Um, we are always looking for great people. Um, yeah, if, you want, if you're interested in, in, in a career or working at Kuyu, um, service at Kuyu.com is where you check into that. I don't know, for, you know exactly what we'd be hiring. We're always looking for great people in customer service, um, and it just depends on, on what, what we're looking for at the time, but we're always looking for great people. It's one of the foundations of the brand is, uh, you know, we got an incredible team there, and we're always looking to add in awesome people and, you know, that, that believe in the brand and, and, and believe in the mission and, and love being a part of it. So, yeah, it's, I mean, I'm not, I can't, nothing off the top of my head, but always looking. Okay. Alaska September goat hunt layering system, please. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be the same as the moose hunt or the same as the sheep hunt that we went through, only um, <clears throat> just heavy on, I, I would upgrade in that type of a situation to a Super Down Pro. Um, and you know what? Thinking back, I think I skipped uh, one thing on that gear list. So I always have my Super Down, whether Super Down Ultra or Super Down Pro, jacket, pant, and gloves in my pack. Um, that's one thing I don't go anywhere without, whether it's, July or December, and I think I left that off on the original question, but um, I okay. lean towards, you know, on this kind of a, you know, you're in late September, I'm assuming um, it's going to be a little bit colder, Alaska, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd lean towards a Super Down Pro jacket and pant and your glassing mitts, and you just want the stuff that, I always think worst possible scenario, like, you know, look at the what's happened in the last 10 years and, and how, what's what's the worst weather you could see. You, you definitely want to be prepared for that, especially if it's an unsupported hunt. Now, if you're in a base camp or somewhere, then you can you can kind of fine-tune your system. But if you're getting dropped off, you know, if they're dumping off in a super cub with your guide or on your own, um, you, you don't want to be on the edge. You, you'd rather be comfortable. Brendan, in that situation, Alaska September goat hunt, would you tend to lean more towards Merino or more towards Peloton? I'm, I'm kind of a mix. I actually I prefer a Merino base layer next to skin on almost everything I hunt. Um, it, in and it kind of depends on how, whether hot or cold it depends, but I, I generally run one or the other. Um, sometimes I'll run a Peloton 97, or uh, excuse me, uh, our new 118 with a Merino you know, whether it's a 210 outer, I, I like both because they, you know, how they interact together. Or a lot of, like on a sheep on our backpack on because of the antimicrobial, because, of, you know, it, it doesn't tend to stink as much, especially after 10 days. I run a, you know, 125 super thin merino next to skin and then either a 97 or a 240 next layer. So um, just depends. The, the synthetics tend to be uh, slightly more water resistant as a true outer piece, especially if you're getting, you know, in between times when you get your jacket on or you're just getting a little spit of misting or whatever. So um, that, that's one of those things where I always tell people, like, you know, get some Reno next to skin, try synthetic. Try, you know, you, you kind of, we all tend to run a little bit differently in, in, in what we like. I mean, some people just don't like Merino. For me, it, it doesn't, I, I love Merino next to skin, so. Okay, at what temp should I need to, or should I need to swap Ultra Down for the Super Down Pro? That really depends on on your 
you know, personally how how cold or hot you run. Um, I generally, it, it depends on the hunt, but I generally, I would say about 35, 35, I mean, and again, I'm throw, just throwing a random number out there, but like when it's real cold, and, and, and I don't look at that choice more as, I look at it more on what's your activity level. If I'm, if I know I'm going to be heavy glassing, I'm not going to be hiking much. I'm just going to be glassing. We're going to be looking. We're we're really trying to pick some country apart. I lean towards a super down pro because I mean, you sit around all day at 40 degrees, 50 degrees, you can you can get chilled down. So, um, I just kind of I base it on kind of my activity level and the temperature. Will the Kenai Ultra jacket hold up against the Arizona desert brush? Kenai is actually pretty is is incredibly durable for an insulation piece. So that's our that's our. Uh, I agree with that. It, it, it's our most it's probably our most unique piece. One of our most unique pieces that we make. It's quiet. It's breathable. It's active insulation, meaning you can you can you can hike in it and it's going to breathe while keeping you more warm. And the the cool thing about that is the 3D effects insulation, which it's connected into an insulation basically to, to break it down. And so. Um, it allows us to build that piece with an uncoated fabric, which has a lot more stretch. And I found it to be incredibly durable um, in downfall and heavy brush. Um, again, you have to be careful with anything in, in cat squaw. But I've had the original um, uh, Kenai Ultra uh, um, prototype that I've been running for, I think I've got three years on it now. This one, I've never had a reason to get a new one. So it's, it's, it's pretty durable. Yeah, and I might add to that that, you know, that Kenai Ultra, you guys made that for, you know, active insulation. It's for when it's cold and you need to be hiking. But I might also add that, like, you know, I wear it down in Mexico and what have you. Even when it's cold, very rarely am I hiking in my full insulation, whether, you know, if it's, if it's a Kenai Ultra, typically I'm going to, you know, because I get – you know, moving and I get warm. So, I mean, Brendan, are you hiking that much in the Kenai Ultra or typically would that be, you know, something you add very quickly if you were to stop uh, and do any glassing at all? But, I mean, in, in where I'm, he's talking about Arizona brush, so I'm kind of looking at it from an Arizona myself saying, you know, it's pretty rare that you're going to be doing a ton of hiking through brush with the Kenai Ultra, in my opinion. You'd probably be stripped down even one more layer. Um, I'm just curious if you had any thoughts on that. Yeah, when I wear it as an outer piece when I'm hiking is when it's really, really cold. Like you know, Really that cold, or, yeah. Yeah, that or, or the axis are, are really designed for that, like breathable, um, but you know, take the edge off on the outside. I mean, it's like there's times when it's so cold where you don't want to be stripped down to your base layers. It's it's too cold for right. that. So that that's kind of when I use that the most as, as my my complete outer layer. Um, and I found it to be crazy crazy durable. I mean, I went some horrible downfall I, uh, this fall. I went and helped pack a guy out. It was like I don't know, it was ten below running under trees we went in and packed them out on horseback and uh, I, I don't think I have a rip in the thing so I mean obviously you can rip it but it's it's pretty durable I, I've got to, I've got to call that piece as, about as durable as it gets yeah it's one of my favorite pieces in the line uh, will they will Kuyu sell the ice axe again <laughs> that's an interesting one they, every time we have a um, a collab with somebody on the ice axe, they've discontinued it. Um, we're looking into some options. Um, 
those ice axes with the extended trekking pole have been discontinued apparently in Europe because of liability, like insurance liability. I assume on, um, you know, somebody probably tried to save themselves with it and it didn't work and they got sued or something. So we're looking at some other options. But, yeah, it's been uh, um, between the Petzl Snowscopic and the Subai and, the, you know, it's, they've been discontinued. So we're, we're, uh, we're working on it, obviously something we, we love carrying. If you had one jacket and one pant to choose from on all your hunts, what would it be? That's kind of a loaded question. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I, I'd break it down this way. If it was three different times a year, um, if you were putting me on the spot, uh, early season I'd say uh, Tiburon and, and 240 Peloton if I had to have one. And you know, mid-season I'd say Attack and Kenai. And late season I'd probably say like Axis and Superdown Pro. But, I really think you should have them all, and I do. Yeah. Where does Kuyu see itself in five years, and will reaching that vision be by new, big innovation, or more along the lines of product refinement? Great question. Um, it will be both. Um, we're going to continue to push innovations on all levels. I mean, there are some big leaps to be to be made, um, and then. On the other hand, refining every product we make, there's always improvements that can that that we can come up with. Um, we're continuing to push innovation in every category. Um, I see us filling out some of our temperature ranges. Um, you know, ultimately, goal is we make something that will keep you warm, dry, and, and comfortable from 130 degrees to negative 50. So I, I see that uh, you know part of the direction we're going. And, well, you know, again, we're going to continue to refine every product. There is still a lot of problems to solve in mountain hunting, and uh, until we solve them all, we're not going to rest. I mean, that's basically the core principle of Kuyu, innovation never rests, right? That's pretty much it. I mean, again, there's there's new advancements coming along. I mean, even if you just look at the history of the company, um, we started with a synthetic jacket. I mean, we we, we were the first ones to have you know, waterproof down, and, you know, and that, that seems mind-blowing. In, in 2011, that seemed like something like, man, I would never take down on a sheep. But now I can't even imagine not taking it. So, yeah, there's there's always new stuff coming along. We're always pushing our partners and, and pushing ourselves and, and in the company to, to find out what that is. And, and um, that's, yeah, that, that is the core of the company. Don't you think, Brendan, it's easy for companies to have success like Kuyu uh, you know, and then kind of rest on the successes that they've had. Uh, and it's easy to kind of get romantic and think that you've made the end all piece. But, you know, knowing you guys how I do, that's just not the case at Kuya. No, we're our worst critic. We're our own worst critics. And, and we're, you know, there's things that are in the works right now that you won't see for a couple of years that are, you know, total game changer innovation wise. Um, there's always new products. When you're talking smart guys and math and chemistry and the stuff that, I mean, fabric is really, well, a lot of this stuff boils down to chemistry and, and mathematical breakthroughs, and that, that sounds crazy to say, but it, it really is true. And so, you know, they're, we're always pushing them to, you know, to improve. I mean, it, the goal is always reduce weight, improve performance. I mean, that's, that's basically what we're trying to do all the time is, you know, if you can make it lighter and you can make it perform better, and then if you can factor in, if there's a way to make it more durable, that's that's the trifecta. That's that's 
that's where you're always headed. So there's always, uh, you know, a mix there where that, that is always the goal. What's the reasoning Kuyu only makes pants in a 34 inseam? Uh, he goes on to say, I'm not short by any means at 6'1", but I only have a 30 to 32 inseam. I tried the talus pants, for example, and because they are cut so long, the built-in knee pads did no good because they only came up to the top of my shins. Um, we have some longer stuff, I believe, in the works, but 34 inseam is pretty much across the board what fits most people. Um, and, and we've tried to make it pretty versatile. Our 34-inch inseam, if you unhem it, it's actually, you'll notice, if you take a look at the bottom of our cuff of our pants, they're actually hemmed, they're rolled twice. So for the taller guy, you can unhem the bottom and roll them down, and they'll be 36 inches. And um, and if you're, I would say if you're 6'1 and 30 on the inseam, that's that's actually on the lower on the lower end of, of inseams. And I probably would just pick a, pick a pant that doesn't have a knee pad. I mean, knee pads are probably going to fall a little bit low on them if, if that's the inseam, but... Um, that's why we make uh, every, nearly every pad is, is built in another configuration without a knee pad as well. So we're, we're working on but that. So The reality, though, is, Brendan, you know, you guys have to make a product and you have to sell a product and you have to make a profit. And if you had to make every uh, it, custom inseam size for every person out there, it just wouldn't be feasible, right? So you have to pick, and I'm just speaking totally off the cuff here, third party. But, I mean, you have to kind of pick some middle ground where, you know, average inseam on most people so that your product fits most people, correct? But there's going to be people out there that have body shapes and sizes that just doesn't, you know, they're going to have to um, do something a little different, correct? Yeah, yeah, that's definitely how it works. And, and we, we're trying to get, uh, <clears throat> it's always something that comes up. And when we solve it to where we can deliver exceptional customer service and, and deliver the, the length and pants. I mean, it's one of those things that no one's really figured out well, and, and, and we're, we're, we continue to, to work on it. Um, yeah, I would say, I mean, you, you, we end up with that. I mean, I had a guy actually yesterday wrote me that he's a 32-41. He, he likes a 41 pant. Well, that's that's literally the wow. first time that's come up in 10 years. So it's just, Yeah, what is he, um, like 7-9? <laughs> yeah, I think he said it was like 6-4, but, yeah, 32 wow. 41 inch inseam, so, yeah. Uh, on okay. It, so. Okay, for goat and sheep hunts, do you recommend two trekking poles or one ice axe? It really depends on the hunt and the terrain. You know, if you're climbing a lot and it's really steep and you're not moving a ton, like, I, I prefer an ice axe. Obviously, you know, the safety feature of being able to self-arrest, especially on a glacier hunt, you pretty much need an ice axe. Now, it depends on the hunt. I mean, if you're talking a sheep hunt where, you know, for example, in the Yukon where you're covering really big distances and they're kind of like really old mountains that aren't super steep, you're just covering a lot of country and you're really staying up high, then I find packing weight and, and, and covering distance that the, the benefits of two trekking poles outweigh an ice axe for me on those kind of hunts. But, you know, in glacier kind of country or really steep stuff, um, I like to take, a, take an ice axe. And, you know, ice axe, you know, generally I'll, if I know somebody... If I'm hunting with somebody that's carrying an ice axe, I'll take two trekking poles because I feel it makes a bigger difference. But it's nice to have an ice axe on hunt to dig out camps and level stuff. And um, yeah, so it just it just depends on the hunt. Says, uh, please ask the Kuyu guys why they aren't making a Tiburon hoodie 
we really need that. I know they make a 97 lease, but here in the southwest, opening day is often 90-plus degrees. A Tiburon hoodie would be a slam dunk for summer scouting and hot weather hunting. Yeah, I would say we're working on it. Um, I think we have a better uh, a better product coming than a Tiburon hoodie, and just keep an eye out. Um, we just came out with a 145 uh, Merino hoodie, I think, last week that came out. And I saw that. I saw Yeah, that. that's, a, that's a really good um, option for that kind of stuff, and we're, we're working on some stuff that's lighter, but it's, it's definitely in the works. Okay. I have a set of Chugach rain gear. Unfortunately, I tore three inches on my pant leg. Will Kuyu repair these for me if I'm gladly willing to pay a service fee? We don't have a uh, we don't have a way to fix those right now. We're that's another thing we're working on. But we I, we recommend Rainy Pass Repair. They do a great job, especially if you need something seam taped. Um, if you have a three inch rip on the pant leg, I would say two five inch strips of tenacious tape will absolutely knock that out of the park. Um, so you just and isn't tenacious on tape something that you kind of always carry with you, Brennan? Always, yeah. The stuff is incredible. So. Yeah, it's a, it's a passion, especially if you can clean the area and get, you know, a long piece on each side um, to where they're pushing together. Um, that, stuff's, that stuff's incredible. You can't, you can't get it off if you try it, and it's totally waterproof and fixes pretty much anything. So, But if, if it's a major issue that needs to be fixed, we, we recommend Rainy Pass Repair. They do, they do a great job. Guys, I want to take a second here to thank the sponsors of the podcast. I want to thank GoHunt.com gear shop my friend cody nelson of 25 plus years is the optics manager at gohunt.com gear shop and you can reach him if you have any optical needs at all whether it be binoculars spotting scopes tripods any glassing techniques anything you want to talk to cody about you can reach him at 702-847-8747 you can also send him directly an email at optics at gohunt.com he has promised me that he'll take care of the J. Scott Outdoors listeners if you mention me. Uh, and he's been doing a great job over the last handful of months. And I get emails and direct messages on Instagram almost daily from customers that have bought optics through Cody at Go Hunt. So reach out to him. I also want to thank GoHunt.com Insider. Uh, the Insider is the best Western hunting resource out there for draw odds and harvest statistics and strategy articles. Obviously, we're right in the middle of application season, and GoHunt.com Insider is the best resource out there. Uh, make sure to go to GoHunt.com forward slash Scott, and you're automatically going to get a $50 GoHunt Gear Shop gift card. I'd also like to thank Kuyu.com, that's K-U-I-U.com, Kuyu Ultralight Hunting for their sponsorship of this podcast. That is the gear that I use on all my hunts. Guys, I want to tell you about a special promotion that Canyon Coolers is doing. Uh, there's two ways to enter, and they're, they're giving away several prizes. The first place winner is going to win an, a Canyon Coolers Outfitter 55-quart cooler with a retail value of $229 uh, with an SC Wake Sea Deck top and Hot Hands gear. The second and third place winners will all win a Canyon Coolers Tumbler and Hot Hands products. There are several ways you can enter. Uh, one is on social media. You can like or follow 
at Canyon Coolers, uh, and you can leave a comment or tag a friend. Also, for this uh, promotion, the normal J. Scott 19 promo code usually gets you a 10% discount at Canyon Coolers. It's actually for a, a week's period of time going to get you a 15% discount. To enter this giveaway, follow the link in the show notes and enter your email address. The winner will be announced on March 21st and will be notified by email. It's open to continental U.S. only. The cooler and other gear have been provided by CanyonCoolers.com, SC Wake, and Hot Hands. I want to thank Canyon Coolers for their sponsorship, and I want to thank you guys for jumping in and trying to win, win these great prizes. I also want to thank phonescope.com and if you use the jscott19 promo code you're going to get a 10% discount and onxmaps.com if you use the jscott19 promo code you're going to get a 20% discount onx is what i use on all my hunts to differentiate between private and public land i like to be able to switch back and forth between aerial and topo uh, they have a great breadcrumb feature and it's basically replaced the handheld gps Best glove for rifle hunting in Montana weather. We got a lot of weather in Montana. Uh, I'm going I'm to assume this one. I'm going to assume this one is cold weather, late season. Um, either the, the the my favorite glove is the is the trigger grommet. Myself, I just it keeps me the warmest, and I find it the most versatile. Unless it's really really cold, and you're you know the super down blasting grommet um, is where I go. Um, it depends on if you need the dexterity too. That's where the North Star is. You can basically a five finger version of the trigger climate. So we we make all different variations out. It just depends on what you prefer. But my, if he's asking me, my favorite is a trigger climate. I I love that glove. Yeah, I do too. Uh, best overall Kuyu jacket for Arizona hunting September through December if you can only afford one. Yeah, it's kind of a loaded question. Um, I guess depending on what you're doing, those are talking a, a lot of huge temperature swings and conditions. Um, if you could only, only afford one. I mean, our best-selling jacket is a guy jacket. Uh, so, I mean, I, I'd probably go with, it's probably as versatile as anything and kind of like an all-around, you know, soft shell if you want that. It depends if you want an insulation piece or a soft shell or, um, yeah. Um, compare the Rebel K's to the R-Evolution Trex. So the R-Evolution is, uh, it, I, we kind of went over this earlier, it's, an, it's, an, it's basically kind of an all-around synthetic boot. Um, easier to break in, uh, not nearly as aggressive. Um, the the, <clears throat> the R-Evolution is a, is a true Kuyu boot. We designed it from, we, we basically took the lightest, technical mountaineering boot ever built, which was called the Rebel Tech, and it was, I used that in 2014 and 15, and it just wasn't quite, um, it wasn't quite durable enough, and it had a, uh, a cramp on toe, it had, it had some things that weren't features that we'd use in, in hunting, and we started refining on that, and we added some stuff in, we added super fabric, we made it more durable, we changed the, the polyurethane midsole, or uh, excuse me, we, we changed the midsole and the um, and the sole on it, and basically made our own boot. That was a that's a you know basically the lightest technical 
synthetic sheep hunting boot that's going to be durable enough for a sheep hunt. So um, boots are one of those things I always tell people, like 50% of the equation is your foot. Um, you, need to, you need to try them on and make sure. The, the best boot on the planet, if it doesn't fit your foot, is, is, is a boot that's gonna, that you're not going to like. So part, part of the deal with, with the boots is making sure that they, they fit your foot. I mean, if you're a 5E wide, you're, you're probably not going to like that boot. Okay. Kuyu uh, clothes for northern New Mexico late September archery elk hunt. I believe there's a... There is on the website. I'm looking yeah, at it right now. Yeah, there's an elk hunt gear list on the website that I, that I put on there, and it's, it's on the website. It's under elk gear list if you go to the, the .com on the on the shopping site. So I have one sitting up there, and that, that, that will do it. You know, again keeping an eye on the weather, depending on super high year, super cold year, um, and whether it's a backpack hunt, horseback hunt, day hunt, lodge hunt, what, you know, depending on what you're doing. BC sheep hunt, 1st of August, Tiburon or attack, pant? I've taken both. It, again, that's when you're going to want to watch the weather. If it looks unseasonably warm, the Tiburon dries out super fast. It's it's been I've taken out a couple sheep hunts. My last BC sheep hunt uh, archery hunt, I took the attack pan. I, mean, I would say I would generally lean towards the attack or the pro being kind of all around the best pan for that hunt. But if it's a really hot year, um, which it was in uh, I believe in 2013, I, I wish I wore the Tiburon pan. I really liked it. So it's just Again, as long as you, the rest of your system accounts for the fact that you're wearing a super light pant, which is really nice to hike in and really dries out fast, then uh, kind of either or. Best shirt pant combo and pattern for Arizona archery antelope. I'm assuming that's hot. And yep. I think the last six or seven antelope I've killed with my bow, I've been wearing... Tiburon pant uh, with a 118 or with a 118 Peloton or a 125 long sleeve merino shirt and a ball cap. Um, when it's that hot, that's that's pretty much all I'm wearing. And I mean, I I'd go with the bias on that just because a little more open terrain. What's your thought on pattern? Yeah, I guess it would match more. It depends on how green it is or or how you know what 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 you like better. Really, um, yeah, I I tend to. I tend to run verde more than anything, but it's just uh, yeah. If it's if it's really tan, dead grass, that that would be the base of that. Yeah. Okay, Rubicon jacket versus guide jacket. Heard the Rubicon is just as good for sixty dollars less. What are your thoughts? Um, no, the guide jacket has pit zips, allows you to dump heat. It's got a different feature set. Um, it's slightly longer. I would I would definitely say we we would never. I don't, I don't, there's a reason that it's $60 less and, and that it, it has some features that, you know, some of the more expensive ones um, have. It, it, it's lacking a few of the features. It's, it's just basically a soft shell without pit, pit zips. And if you don't need pit zips, that'd be probably what you, what you want. But uh, if, you, if you're hiking, you know, pit zips are pretty nice. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine having, not having pit zips. I, I use them all the time. Okay. Axis hybrid versus guide jacket with durability through cat claw. We got some Arizona boys who got issues with yeah. cat claw. I mean, it, yeah, it's nasty stuff. 
it, you've I, seen it ate, some when you come down in Mexico with me, but it, it's some nasty stuff for sure. Yeah, I, I guess I'm not a super expert on cat claw. I've, I've seen plenty of devil <laughs> club and lots of other stuff, but I, I'm not a super expert. I, I'd say that's a toss-up. I mean, the axis has a little more stretch, um, and the guide is uh, a slightly tighter weave. Uh, they're both very durable. Um, yeah, cat claw must be must be nasty. Um, I it's nasty stuff. That. Yeah, I've been hunting a ton of that. A question um, just that I have, the Axis Hybrid, um, I've been wearing the Axis pants and the Axis jacket, and um, that hybrid system where basically on the tops of your shoulders, on the hood and on your back, it's waterproof, and then you've got the, the wind resistant on the other material, but it's, it's a really nice piece. Um, I mean, from my mind, kind of revolutionary where you can be in rainstorms uh, but still seek the benefit of having a breathable piece. Um, talk a little bit about that axis and your um, use of the axis and testing it out and your thoughts on that axis. It's pretty amazing yeah, it's, uh, it's really designed as a, as a late-season, high-exertion piece, and I, I like to tell people, like, basically anywhere you would have snow contact, like if you have falling snow, that's where the membrane is and that's where it's waterproof. And anywhere you would sit down or kneel down, that's where it's waterproof. So knees, butt, shoulder, hood, top of the arms. Um, so basically yeah. if you're, you know, in a pounding snowstorm, whether it's, you know, melting quickly or, you know, and you're getting, you could get wet, the rest of it is, that, is designed to be highly breathable, great stretch. It's, it's a really awesome piece. But, you know, the hybrid programs that we're coming out with, and, and there's more of them, it are, are really designed um, – they're totally unique in hunting. It's, it's, it's the, all the right fabrics, all the right designs, and all the right places where, where you actually need it. So you know, um, some of it, some of the, some pieces you don't you don't need to be waterproof everywhere. Um, it's it's more like that. I mean, it's nice to be highly breathable, highly windproof, and have your seat be waterproof or your knees be waterproof. So that's that's that that piece I, I look at. You know, late season, high exertion, very cold. I'm, I'm sure you've been skiing in it or, or whatever, so it's uh, that, mm -hmm. that's what that's designed for. Okay. Does Kuyu have a four-person lightweight tent for an Alaskan moose hunt coming up? Not at this time. Yeah, not a four-person tent at this time. Okay. Brendan's muskox hunt, did he wear a set of insulated laminate parka and bibs like an all-in-one set? I did. It's it's in the works. Uh, we're still working on it. It's one of those things that we we've been refining it to to make it be all it can be. It's 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 done probably one of the most tested pieces we've ever used. Obviously, I think that was in 20, 2017 was when I did that muskox hunt. So uh, yeah, it's in the works. Really going to be an awesome piece. Um, and yeah, we're just didn't you test it and then you let Justin test it as well. It's about the most thoroughly tested, secure you can imagine when we when we get done with it, and it's just just refining little things and making sure that it's it's everything we want it to be. Uh, yep. Okay. Youth camo question mark. Uh, all the youth is available in both Bias and Birdie. If if they're asking if it's a specific pattern for youth, um, no, we do not have a specific pattern for youth um, or in the works. I think what they're just, it's probably they didn't realize that Kuyu has come out with a youth line. Oh. Um, so I think it was just youth, youth oh. camo 
like, do you have youth camo? And the answer is absolutely. Within the last few days, there's been a release on Kuyu.com that there is uh, a, a youth gear, and I've heard a lot of people really excited about it. Yeah, it's a really nice. Uh, it's a really nice system. I've taken my son in it. He's all over the place. We got in some nasty conditions. It's a, it's a good little system right now, and obviously just the beginning. But yeah, we're really excited about that. When to use the Peloton 118 zip-off bottoms? Um, either in hotter weather when you when you start cooler in the morning and you just need, I mean, it's obviously our lightest zip-off bottom, um, our lightest synthetic zip-off bottom. Um, and, you know, in really, really hot weather where it's a little bit chilly in the morning or uh, when it's really great is, uh, is the leave-on, all day as your as your base layer in really cold weather applications under a, like a heavier type pant. When are more Peloton ninety seven shirts coming out? Soon. Uh, I don't have a I don't have an exact date, but they're they're coming they're coming soon. I'd have to check on that. Getting pretty specific. <laughs> <laughs> Can I throw in that the Peloton ninety seven the hooded um, for fishing? They're just they're unbelievable. So yeah, I'm I'm one of those that are going. Yeah, more Peloton 97s and more colors. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Yeah, at five ounces. That's that's probably that. And the 240 are my favorite mid layers. That I kind of go to on on just about everything. That's an awesome piece. And just to be clear, the Peloton 97, it's the lightest of the mid layer piece or pieces. Correct. Correct. Yeah, it's. We go by the weight of the fabric, and so it's a little bit confusing. I think if we had to do over, we'd have maybe. Pick a different name for it, but yeah, it's the it's the lightest. So right, right now in our lineup, it would be uh, 240, 297. So it's the lightest mid layer. Okay. Now it can be worn as a base layer uh, next to skin, soft enough to be worn next to skin in really cold conditions. But we I consider it a mid layer. Okay. Will gunmetal olive eventually be a color option on the Stormstar tent like the Mountain Star? No, it is actually going to be major brown, and it is coming this spring. Okay. Yep. Uh, is is the Peloton as odor resistant as the Ultra Merino? It is treated with Maxvac, with which um, kill, it is antimicrobial and kills bacteria. Um, the Merino, they just they just perform differently. I would say um, once the synthetic becomes, you know starts growing bacteria or, or once once it gets bad it's hard you know it's hard to get them to reverse that reverse that and the ultramarino i tend to i tend to take the ultramarino on on longer hunts just because i, I really don't notice it but i'm not sure on some of those longer hunts it's not just because i can't smell myself anymore i have no idea <laughs> uh has kuyu ever considered making a down booty for extended cold glassing sessions um, yeah, we definitely considered it, and um, it's definitely something that is uh, an idea that's that's being worked on. Any thoughts on bringing back the Keen Eye Pants? Favorite piece of gear by my friends and I. Second Keen Eye Pant one, yeah, that's, that's good feedback. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, something we're working on. Uh, are Kuyu patterns set, or will they ever consider new patterns? 
we're always working on new ideas and, and new stuff. There's always new stuff in the works. Um, as of right now, I can't say for sure when, where, what, but uh, we're always working on new stuff. Best all-around glove, question mark. Best, well, best all-around glove, best pack for extended day hunts, best pant for everyday wear. So there's three questions there. Best uh, all-around all glove. All-around glove. I guess it would depend on what you're doing, but, it, I mean, if you're just trying to keep your hands warm, it's pretty hard to beat the super down flashing myth. Um, I guess that's, I don't know where that question Well, let me take or, a step or, further. What about just everyday, like, archery elk hunting, just, just, you know, jamming around? Just What do you wear mostly, like the attack glove? Yeah, the attack glove or the guide glove. It depends on, Okay. yeah, I mean, Again, it depends on the amount of dexterity you need, the amount of insulation you need. I mean, that's why we have a full glove line is that, you know, like anything, there is no magic bullet. Um, what works one day may not work the next. What's perfect for one condition is not perfect for the next. So that's why we have, you know, the full lineup. We try and fill in the gaps. We, we try not to have things that overlap and are the same, and we try and make sure that the gaps are all filled in based on conditions, exertion, temperature, all that. That's and I also for, might add, if you... If you go to kuyu.com and you go to the glove section, over on the right-hand side, there's a glove comparison guide. And so you can actually click on that, and it's got good info there, um, basically trying to distinguish all through the different gloves. So um, uh, go on there and check out kuyu.com and check out that glove comparison guide. Okay, best pack for extended day hunt. Obviously, how many days, how, you know, what yeah. type of hunts, but, I and you kind of covered some of this. Yeah, if I'm, if I'm talking extended day hunt, I'm, I'm going to say camping out two nights. Um, I would say, like, like, I'll just call this a scouting trip for myself, looking for, looking for bighorns. I would take the Icon Pro 5200, probably without a lid, because I can carry um, pretty much everything I need. It's very streamlined, and I can carry my big optics, and they're pretty handy, pretty easily accessible. I mean, you can get a couple days worth of gear and stuff if you're not carrying big glass and, and a 3200 Icon Pro. It depends on if you're camping out if it's early season, if you're just taking a small shelter with you or if you're you know, just sleeping out or whether you're taking a big tent. I mean, a lot depends on, uh, depends on the situation. Okay. Best pant for everyday wear. Um, Brendan, I'll, I'll answer from my perspective. Uh, I would say almost every single day of the year I either have the Tiburon shorts or the Tiburon pants. I wear them um, literally probably 300 and some days a year, either one or the other of those. Obviously, in the summer, I'm in the Tiburon pant every single day. I have, I think, five different pairs of the Tiburon, Tiburon short. Excuse me. I have Tiburon shorts on all summer long. That's what I wear fishing. That's what I wear hiking. That's what I wear. I'm curious what you wear, Brennan. Yeah, every day we wear. I remember, when, I remember when we sold out of the Tiburon short and you bugged me every day. <laughs> um, yeah, I would say I, I wear the Tiburon pant, the attack pant, and we have a pile of snow here right now, so I've actually been wearing the Axis pant quite a bit around lately because, uh, you know, the other morning, last Sunday when I flew out, it was negative 37, and I had to fire up the snowblower. So, um, but, yeah, I would say the attack pant or the Tiburon pant, I'm pretty much in every day. Okay, will there be another... Kuyu Mobile Showroom Tour. Uh, not right, not right now. Not it's not in the works right now. Okay, I know that was a huge success, and customers really yep. liked that. Yep. Uh, 
does Kuyu have a repair department for their packs? We don't have a repair department for the packs. But everything is warranty. We stand behind it 100% um, on construction. Um, and like I said, just take a picture of it and send it into warranty, and we'll we'll figure out a way to make it to get it taken care of. You. As far as repair, if it's pilot error and got ripped or something, um, we don't have a, a repair department right now. But uh, like I said, if it's something that is failure in construction or, you know, that was built faulty or whatever, we stand behind everything. You just get all the warranty at, at Kuyu.com and then we'll, we'll get it taken care of. Okay. Uh, how are Kuyu boots, question mark, durability, question mark, waterproof, question mark, lightweight, question mark? Um, we went over a lot of that, but I would say, <clears throat> like, the Rebel K is specifically built to be, you know, it's obviously totally waterproof. Synthetic, so it doesn't absorb water. It doesn't change sizes. Um, extremely lightweight. I mean, we consider the amount of steps you take in a ten in a ten ten mile day in the mountains, and and as light as those boots are compared to almost any other boot, um, the amount of, of energy you're saving by using those boots is, is pretty incredible. Um, I guess it just, it just depends on what your what you want out of a boot. But for me, you know, being super light and drying out quick. Is just makes a synthetic boot far superior, and I've helped design and built tons of different boots. And for me, it's like I, I don't know that there's a lot of improvement can be made on, on on the Rebel K as far as what I'm looking for, especially on a sheep hunt. Okay, uh, does the Axis glove replace the Yukon glove and the Peloton 200 gloves? So I'm assuming I'm assuming this person's putting the Peloton 200 on and then putting the Yukon glove over that. But I I don't quite get it. But it does the Axis glove replace the Yukon and the Peloton 200? No, I mean the Axis glove is different. It's a late season high exertion glove. It does not have leather on the palm. So if you don't need a leather working surface, it's a great um, it's a great glove to pick. It's got really high dexterity. It's it's very wind resistant, um, and it, it falls within the Axis system. You know that's that was it was built to go with that system. Okay. Uh, gear lists for horseback Yukon doll sheep hunt can or we can bring a little extra weight. So I'm assuming he's wanting to know if 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 you're packing it on horseback, are you gonna what extra gear are you gonna carry, Brennan? Yeah. So on a horseback hunt, generally it's the exact same gear you're gonna take. Only it's gonna be like a base camp style, obviously where you where you tie up the horses or, or take care of them at night. For a horseback hunt, I generally would take a smaller pack, more food, a few more comfort items. But, you know, and again, if, if you're talking to sheep hunt, that doesn't mean that's where you're you're based out of. I mean, if you see a big ram and he's in a spot and you got to hike over to him and you end up staying out or having to camp out, you want the same type of system that you have on a backpack hunt. I mean, you don't want to take a bunch of extra heavy stuff just because. I mean, that's it, it all performs the same. I, I generally like ultralight horseback hunting i have some buddies that do it that that everything is ultra light like they're going backpacking only they have a horse with them that means just means they can carry a lot of extra food and some of the more creature comforts like i think they'll you know carry a bigger sleeping pad and, and stuff like that but i i take every hunt i'm you know i'm trying to pare everything down to as light as i can possibly get that will function for what i'm doing so i would i would go into that looking the same you just um a smaller pack on a horse is definitely better than a bigger pack i mean 
I'm riding a horse a lot, the, the Icon Pro 3200 is, is what, I, what I ride horses on. I mean, would you possibly maybe take an extra pair of socks or something like that, uh, you know, like just having a, you know, maybe another pair of underwear or something like that, Brennan? Or would you yeah, just I mean, still you run your exact Yeah, you got a few extra creature comforts when you're on a horse, but people tend to overpack when you tell them, like, oh, we're going to host horseback. I mean, uh, really, the food's <laughs> the big one you can take. And, you know, depending on, depending on the kind of stock they got, you may want to may grab a set of spurs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Brendan, I've got the last question here um, from a Kuyu customer. Which down coat slash pant would be best choice for packability, sitting, and cold weather? I've looked at other brands and seems like real bulky and noisy. So which down coat and pant would be best would be the best choice for packability, sitting, and cold weather? Um, I'm, I guess if I'm stationary in really cold weather, I'd say the Superbound Pro jacket and pant, and it's uh, it's got a quieter face fabric than most you know, packable down jackets. And, and again, if something is really bulky and noisy, it's probably built with, it really boils down to the quality of the down and the fabric, and it's probably built with you know either synthetic or, or poor quality down um, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd say the Superdown Pro jacket pant, classy mint. You know, I really like the Superdown Pro pant and jacket. Uh, I also like on the pants uh, in a couple of those areas, the material, obviously around the knees and stuff, it seems a little bit more durable in a couple of those spots. And I know at the Ot 6 Ranch uh, in November when it got cold and snow and what have you, those, I mean, that, that, the Superdown Pro Pant and Jacket is just money. I just love that those pieces. Yeah, I, I, that's okay. pretty much what I have on me all the time. I mean, again, if it's really like a, on a 10-day backpack sheep hunt where we're carrying everything on our back and you're just cutting ounces on everything, then I go to the Ultra and in the early season. But if there's a chance to get really cold, it's pretty easy to recover your body temperature in, 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 that, in those pieces, and especially if you're doing really a ton of glassing in the wind and cold weather. It's pretty hard to beat. Yeah, exactly. Well, Brendan, I really appreciate you taking time. I know how important it is uh, uh, for you guys at Kuyu to uh, get these customer questions answered, and I'm looking forward to you and I uh, doing future Q&As. I uh, appreciate you taking your time out of the busy schedule to cover this and uh, give us some great answers and great insight into uh, what's going on at Kuyu. No, that was fun, and uh, we'll do it again in, in a couple weeks. And, again, I would ask any, you know, obviously we, we love interacting with the customers. It's one of the one of the foundations of our brand. And the more specific they can get the questions, the better off. It's not, it, it actually helps 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 me to answer the questions. It helps, you know, everything we do. If you can, if you can the more specific, the better. So glad to do it. And, uh, yeah, well, keeps, keeps everything sharp. So I appreciate it, Jay. Right on, buddy. Well, God bless you, and I uh, look forward to a couple weeks. We'll uh, get a bunch more questions and uh, pound through them. And uh, until then, buddy, I'll catch you later. All right. Thanks, Jim. We'll talk to you soon.